0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is going on, everybody? It is time for the OBR Game Day Rewind. And it's going to be a good one because we are rewinding to a game in which the Cleveland Browns took down the undefeated San Francisco 49ers by a final score of 19 to 17, a wild game, a weird game, and one of the most dominant defensive performances you could have hoped to see out of the Cleveland Browns defense against a team that came in averaging like 100 points a game. So we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about everything that we saw. We're going to have more people joining us as the show goes along. Uh, But to start us off here, joining you tonight, I'm the host, Michael Keefe. Joining me, Andrew Spade, Brad Ward Fellas. I, when I woke up this morning, I listen, I, I I know. I know I shouldn't say it. I know I shouldn't say it, but when I woke up this morning, I felt like we were going to have to find ways to look for positives out of a game against a really good football team and instead, we're sitting here talking about a Cleveland Browns victory, boys. How how we feeling tonight? How we feeling tonight?
1: Brad
2: I feel electric. I am elated. I cannot be. I cannot be any more happy with this. Uh, this is a. Uh, this is a springboard victory, gentlemen. Yeah. This is that kind of win. I think um, it was um, the way things started. It was tricky, but like you could tell that the defense. Even though they went down the field right away and scored, you could kind of tell that the defense was having an impact. Uh, like right away, uh, and then you know they kind of settled in. You had Brock Purdy, all sorts of out of sorts, right? Like, he was just an absolute mess. Um, You you know, they... Uh, I was just looking at some of the statistics. They had two guys that caught for more than 10 yards. Iuk and Jennings. Ayuk was targeted 10 times, four receptions, 76 yards. I mean, some of this stuff is crazy, right? This defense just put the clamps on them. Now, we tried to give it away a little bit, right? But... uh um, you know, it was shades of the uh, Steelers there for a minute, Mike, uh, with the um, the interception in our own end there. I'm not sure what what we were doing there. I know it, 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 he was probably trying to throw a back shoulder to Cooper, who kind of just fell down on the route uh, out of bounds. Well, in
0: fairness, in fairness Brad, in fairness. You thought he was pushed? Heck, yeah, he was pulled. He had a, he had a grab of his jersey. And listen, okay. there were missed calls. There were missed calls all over this game, so I'm not going to sit here. This
2: was a... Oh, this was an awfully awful officiated game. Let's On let's sides. just preface On both sides. Both sides, it was <laughs> yeah. really bad. I think there was more bad against the Browns, though, in my opinion. Although, ooh,
0: to come down to there the end there, though, ones. those were some big ones uh, against San Francisco. There was before. some
2: tough ones. Hey, there was some tough ones against us too. So I, I don't know. That it was, it was rough uh, both ways.
0: Actually, you know, looking listen, back, it, 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 Brad. We had a touchdown called back on a real ticky tack, a real, real ticky tack holding call that wasn't even really near what was going on didn't, at the time. It happened. didn't
2: like that at all. Didn't so like that at all. Um,
0: both teams were impacted big time.
2: And uh, yeah, the refs were, they were bad, but, but that's okay. We won. Uh, D hop <laughs> is the man. I uh, just got done writing about D hop. Uh, how about, how about that? You know, let's give some credit to the front office for not being reactive and being proactive on the kicker situation. Cause it probably saved us some serious, no, I'm being serious. Like they could have gone in with Cade York and tried to save face, but they made the change ahead of time. And Hopkins has come in and been nothing but unbelievable, uh, kicking the ball. So well done there. Uh, well done all around. This defense is 100% legit. Like this is the best defense in the NFL, right? Everybody thought the Cowboys was, uh, Niners took them apart. Uh, there was some rhetoric around the Niners taking us apart and then taking over as the top defense in the NFL. That did not happen. Uh, this is the best defense in the NFL. So, uh, I'm fired up, man. This is the kind of win that you, that like coming off the heels of two and a half weeks of negative, narratives surrounding this football team. Uh, I mean, it takes a lot of heart and guts for a football team to go out and win a game like this. Um, you know, I'm kind of writing about it, but it's right now and things I think I know, but it is, it is absolutely the kind of win that, uh, can help define a season or
0: change, change the narrative around a season. So Andrew Andrew Brad is feeling electric. He is elated. He is other words that start with Mm EL. He's an elephant. Mm He is. uh, He is amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew, you feeling that way? You electric over there? You electric today? Yeah,
1: I'm currently being electrocuted with my enthusiasm. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, listen, uh, I think Brad said it really well. I think uh, the Browns did a great job today of finding just enough points, just enough ways to, you know, I mean, Uh, there's a lot of games when Kevin Stefanski says that they fought and they battled that it doesn't really feel totally apropos, you know, it doesn't feel like it nails it. But those cliches really spring to mind when you describe this victory because they, I mean, they had to fight for every point that they got. They none of it was easy. Uh, when it looked like they had easy plays, like you said, they were either penalties or PJ Walker couldn't get the ball there for the most part. Um, it, it just everything was uphill you know, on, on offense. And, and so you thought potentially it was going to be a little bit like the Steelers game where a really, really, really high end defensive performance, you know, I mean, you say it this way, it kind of gets wasted um, yeah. because they just can't get it together on offense. I am so, so thankful that that's not the case. And I'm very excited because I think the, the the thing that Brad said right off the top is the truest thing of all. This is, this is a real springboard because they, the Browns proved today that they can play with any team in the NFL right I mean they they were tested even before the game I think that you know you when you listen to what the what the players were saying in the locker room after the game of, about what that fight was about that fight was about a, a team walking into Cleveland Brown Stadium thinking that they were going to run all over the browns and the, and this Browns team unlike other Browns teams was not willing to accept that and I think that more than anything kind of Tells the story of what has changed with this team. And it's so, so refreshing to see.
0: But now now it's just official. Now both teams that came into this week undefeated have taken a loss. The Jets just took down the Eagles. And the Niners lost to the Browns today. So no more undefeated teams in the NFL. Great, A wild weekend. Yeah, it's a great weekend. Uh, But guys, let's just dive in. Let's dive in from the start. And let's talk about the biggest thing. The last time we saw the Cleveland Browns before the bye week. It's, it's DTR finding out moments before that he is now going to play and it's an unmitigated disaster and they get beat up by the Baltimore Ravens and it's never really all that competitive. And then they come out today and you, 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 you get the feeling that they have just gone full on PJ Walker for two weeks, Mm -hmm. knowing that, that at least having the understanding that there's a really good chance that you're not going to have Deshaun Watson out there. Uh, And, and, and it looked like it. P.J. Walker wasn't perfect. It wasn't an impeccable game by any stretch from him. But, man, he made some plays. And he made some plays. His Some of his biggest plays got called back. Again, he should have another yeah. touchdown that got called mm-hmm. back. He had a couple of other big plays that went down the field that got called back. Uh, all in all, guys, what would you think about the play of P.J. Walker?
1: I thought he was a lot more poised in the early going when things could have gotten. You know, the 49ers came right out and scored a touchdown their defense was fired up it it they 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 knew the script the script here is they score get an early stop go score again you know get up two scores and all of a sudden PJ walkers in predictable drop back game and so the the 49ers pass rush can eat him alive and and he didn't give in to that you know he did not panic in t- at times when even though he did throw an early interception there wasn't the same sense of you know frantic decision making that we saw against Baltimore with DTR it was much more measured and I think the team responded to that just in the same way that they responded negatively uh what happened in you know against Baltimore where you know the the team can the team can panic just when they see the quarterback panicking that happens in the NFL I mean uh you know the entire Zach Wilson experience I know they just beat the Eagles but that's kind of Zach Wilson's thing look what's happening to the Patriots and Mac Jones the Patriots are not a one in five football team but that's their record because their quarterback is losing his mind on a weekly basis my point is that <laughs> level-headedness really really helped kind of let the browns settle into the game even though there were some early mistakes it kept them in it because they didn't feel like they were gonna have to you know be chasing the entire game because the quarterback was engaged
0: man i gotta say real quick before i let you jump in on the quarterback brad uh the the gifted subs that are going on yeah, on the crazy. twitch side of things right now is wild thank you so if much. you're watching us tonight if you're having a good time if you're watching us on youtube if you're watching us on twitch wherever you're at make sure you hit that subscribe button uh make sure you hit the like if you're over on youtube and and shout out to all of you guys philly has done gifted subs paul is doing gifted subs i think philly did more gifted subs everybody i
1: think everybody, everybody. everybody. Yeah. there's just you, a man.
0: boatload of people doing it yeah. thank you guys so much anyways brad i'll let you jump back in
2: yeah, you know, uh, the one thing that I think that we found, and really helped, it helped uh, PJ, but they found some semblance of success in the run game today. Um, yep. It may not look like that. I, I don't know what the run efficiency numbers look like, but it, they definitely were finding some success in the run game, uh, even in especially into the second half when they stuck with it and they kind of wore them down found some things that were working and uh the run game so so that i think changed the game a little bit because it made them not able to just tee off on pj uh and and he kind of got comfortable so when it's 10 nothing and you go on that drive right that includes a lot of good runs in it down the field and then you get the great play design from harrison bryant on the sneak uh, pitch to, uh, Kareem Hunt, very creative, uh, and that gets him in the end zone. And that, that changes the game. Suddenly now, you know, your defense has fallen into a groove. Your quarterback has gotten comfortable. They've let you hang around long enough that you've put seven on the board. And now it's a real game from that point on. It felt like, like we have a chance to win this. I think that, uh, was the, the, the key drive there. And PJ was a big part of that, right? Um, listen, huge mistakes at times for pj he's never gonna be like i don't it's, it's hard to it's hard to be critical of him because i don't think like like some of the stuff he was asked to do like great throw to a couple good throws to cooper down the sideline you know giving him a chance of that 50 50 ball was a pretty good throw even in double coverage that he goes up and gets yeah. Um, so you want him to continue to trigger those throws, despite him not being like starting caliber quarterback, but you know, then he throws the back shoulder, obvious interception late in the game. Um, that's just, I think more of game management at that point is kind of what I said on Twitter. People got upset with me, but I think that you can probably do something else there that might be a little bit smarter when you're ahead in the game. And once again, in the shadow of your own end zone, um, but either way, he did enough to get you down the field, put you in field goal range. He did enough to win this game. Um, kudos to him. And I think he can be better given more time. Like, if he's forced to play again next week, I think he'll be even better. You got, you got to remember, guys, this is like the third best defense in
0: the league, too. So Yeah.
2: Um, well, yeah. And, and,
0: and what's, so, what's so comforting, right, is he's not, he's not going to be perfect. He is not at this point, he's not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. He's a backup caliber quarterback, but we don't know. We are not going to know until somebody says Deshaun Watson's shoulder feels better when we're going to see Deshaun Watson again. We don't know whether that's next week with Indianapolis. We don't know whether it's three weeks from out. We have no idea. So to know that you've got a guy that on pretty quick notice came out off the practice squad and, and at least did enough. Mm-hmm. to put you in position to to allow your defense to win you a football game. That is what P.J. Walker well, – if, if we're going to sit here and talk about how we've got the best defense in the NFL or certainly one of the best defenses in the NFL, then what you need out of P.J. Walker is to be just good enough to let the defense get some wins. We've talked about it over and over again. How many games this team would win if Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback – Knowing with Deshaun Watson being out, if he can be a that level of quarterback, this Browns team's in pretty darn good shape. That's a that's a pretty nice luxury to have if he can be just okay.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll I mean this uh, you know <laughs> we we are celebrating, and I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but I would love to have seen what this game plan and PJ Walker could have done against Baltimore in Week Four. Uh, yeah, agreed. Know, I, I really hope that that game doesn't come become meaningful. I hope that the Browns can go on a you know, 12 game winning streak from here and kind of render it moot, and that would be great. Um, I, I, you know, that, that was definitely crossed my mind today. But I think having said that, go on to say credit to, you know, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski gave wow. credit to Bill Callahan in the post game for their run game design. Uh, um, yes. I think the coaching staff coming out of the bye deserves a ton of credit for finding a way to beat a 49ers team, missing a lot of their biggest pieces on offense. I think that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I think if you'd asked, if you'd polled everybody, we've got 300 people in here with us. If you'd polled all 300 of us before the game and said 19 points over under, I think people would have been thinking the under for the Browns, right? Their implied game yep. total from Vegas was 13 points. So as as inconsistent as it was, as frustrating as it was, this was a winning performance against, as you said, Mike, a really good defense and the coaching staff, the quarterback, the entire offense deserves a ton of credit for playing winning football on offense even though it sometimes it looked like not the you know wasn't the prettiest thing but it got the job done it was prettier than what the 49ers did that's for sure i mean think about where they would be if they weren't set up on that short field for the interception right
0: yeah. i mean
1: if they if they don't yeah. have that this is a this is a 19-10 i mean they score 10 points is my point well
0: and let's let's move over to the other side of the ball real quick we've talked about Peter, or not the other side of the ball let's just get out of the quarterback for a minute let's talk about the running game yeah. because Again, if you would have come in now, obviously the Niners losing Christian McCaffrey uh, for a big chunk of the game makes a difference, especially yeah, the way he started. Start although, although, although yeah. you got to say, the, the Cleveland Browns, before McCaffrey went out, bottled him up before mm-hmm. he got hurt uh, mm-hmm. after that first drive, really. With, McCaffrey yeah, withstanding the that first, first drive, drive.
2: drive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Outside of that, if you would have told me coming into this game that the Browns were going to rush for 160 yards, if Jerome Ford was going to run for about five yards a carry, and and if uh, if they were going to hold San Francisco to 109 yards total on the ground, mm-hmm. I mean, just the, the stuff that you would have never believed coming into this game, and it's not a lack of faith in the Cleveland Browns. It's just, that's such a good football team over there, and we have got our backups going. Uh, and yet, I think you nailed it, and I think Kevin Stefanski was right, boys, to credit Bill Callahan, and I yeah. think credit needs to go to Jerome Ford, and even Kareem Hunt, who I think ran pretty well Definitely. on on several runs in this game. Uh, they drew up a fantastic run game. Uh, 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 wow, I'm losing my brain here. I got so excited. I got so excited. They just drew up a fantastic run game yeah, in period. this game. I'll let you guys talk. I don't know what I'm doing. Go ahead, Brad.
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it was refreshing to see. Listen, the thing about, It's kind of funny about Kareem Hunt. Like, guys, he looks so slow, but it doesn't matter because... <laughs> he, he still drags people three yards after contact on him. every play like yeah. i mean he there are times that he looked really slow today but he's still upon contact falls forward for a couple yards and drags somebody for another yard so like he's still effective getting five yards on a carry where he's touched at the line of scrimmage right like so um that was good to see he was a a bigger part of the game plan than he's been i think the past few weeks and then jerome ford surprisingly like you know i have been banging the table to kind of see some more of pierre strong but i don't have a lot of complaints about Ford today there are times (laughs) i think he missed he does miss some holes sometimes with his vision but um I, i i can't complain he looked great right he ran hard uh he did the job and uh they had to craft it up beautifully um back to the other thing one more thing i wanted to make a comment about pj walker is just um although his decision decision making can be suspect at times and he almost threw that touchdown in the end zone at the end right or that interception in the end zone at the end but he uh threw like he has the talent at least right to drop back and just make a play when you need it like the dart that he threw to david bell which was a good read on a third down had to have it and he makes that play so he at least you have the kind of guy that you know that in a tight spot like that where you like there was a feeling around dtr and it, other times in the past with other Browns quarterbacks over the years, there's no chance of a play like that even happening, right? Um, even though it's a simple little completion. Uh, however, PJ has been around enough to to do that, right? And I think that gives you some some faith as well in the offense.
0: Well, I think you see. I think you see. Uh, and, and if you want to talk about a couple of things that need to get worked on. Especially if you're going to have PJ Walker play any more time for the Cleveland Browns. A couple things that need to get worked on. You could see with PJ Walker, he is desperate to make a play. He is desperate to make a play. Before that almost just horrendously ill fated throw into the end zone uh, towards the end of the game, they showed a shot of Kevin Stefanski talking to him on the sideline. And you could read Kevin Stefanski's lips. It said, if it's not there, just run. Like, and he shrugged. He was like, if it's not there, just run. PJ Walker had like 10 yards in front of him to run. And he tried to fire a ball into the end zone. That's what he needs to get coached up on that a little bit over the next week or two weeks or however long we're going to see More frankly, however long he's going to be the backup for the Cleveland Browns. Sometimes just take the easy things that are right in front of you. Don't be the hero. We, we've got a lot of heroes on this team. You can just be the guy that takes the easy thing. Uh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
2: Great position there to even just slide and make them use a the timeout if we're talking yes. about the same time. Yeah, so. Um, but, hey, listen, man. He played a gutsy game. Everybody yeah. played it. You needed every single player on the Browns team to play a gutsy game to win this and and, and play their ass off, and they did, so. Yeah, uh, I'm, one more I'll, thing to you, say. You can be nothing but fired up. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say what. Yeah, one more thing. I mean, PJ Walker. I think it, it, we're talking a lot about you know the third string quarterback or whatever. But I just think you know, Mike. To your point, I think there were even some times where he probably could have gotten a little bit more yardage with his legs, but he was a little hesitant to pull the trigger on those. So I'd like to see what he could do running the ball a little bit. You know, in those out of structure moments, yeah. because I, I think he, I think he could do it a little bit better. Yeah.
0: All right, boys. Hey, listen, I want to bring in somebody that was at this game today. And frankly, I, we got oh God. I hate the fact that we're about to inflate the ego here. We're going to inflate the ego here a little bit. <laughs> uh, everybody's calling for him. Yeah. As soon as we went, as soon as we went on the clock that we were live here tonight, everybody was like, where's he at? Where's he at? Because he was the one guy, the one guy on the OBR staff. And I'm not even mad about this, but he was the one guy on the OBR staff that said, F it, F it. We're doing these picks. We're making our predictions. I'm picking the Cleveland Browns. He picked the Cleveland Browns. They went out and won. He was there at the stadium today in person to see it. Let's get him in here. It's Jake Burns. Jake, there you go. There you go. You got you got the inflation.
3: What an yeah, ego I, that guy has, you know?
0: What yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Much> an ego. <laughs> Jake, yeah, let's, up, let's pander. Let's pander for a minute. Let's pander to the fans for a minute. What was that what was that atmosphere like down there at at Round Stadium It was today?
3: it was good. I, I thought like <clears throat> there were uh, you know I thought there were some moments where they needed to be a little like uh, let me put it this way. When it got to 10-10 and then ultimately 13-10, I think we all felt at least I was in the stands. so I hate I'm going to be I hate going to games. I hate it because I can't like it's all emotion and I suck at the emotional side of like I just want to remain analytical talking. To, I'm talking to myself. People around me are like, what's this guy's problem. And, uh, <laughs> so like, I'm like the, the crowd needs to understand that they don't need to score anymore. They just don't need San Francisco <clears throat> to score. Right. And they were at that point, And I talked about it with John Stephenson a little bit on the way home. Like they had Kyle and that group done. Like they had no answers and it was abundantly obvious that Kyle didn't trust his offensive line. Didn't trust, his quarterback, which I think that's a larger San Francisco question that needs to be answered of like, there was the only time they let Purdy throw was when they just had to let him throw. They had no other choice, but like neutral, they don't trust him. So what they, when they got off the opening script and then got into their flow of the game, the Browns adjusted a possession in a couple possessions in, it was like, these guys have no answers. Then they lost Debo, which again, you know, Debo's a nice player. He's not the tw- – he's just kind of a bully at times. I think the Browns would have been mm-hmm. fine there. Losing McCaffrey hurt, but it was late in the game. So, I think – I've seen the Emmanuel H.O. or Acho tweet, whatever. Like, come on, man. Like, that that stuff is – like, you're so – Jake's this... going to
1: start mispronouncing people's names. He's so he's – so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
3: H-O, Acho, My ego my ego is just so big. Yeah, I exactly. just can just screw up people. Sorry, We got him. Him. <laughs> got him. Garage beer. Um, garage beer's got
0: him. Garage beer's got him. On I there. saw we you got, guys got him. Way to go. On there. Way, to Way to step, go. on there. Way to Way step up.
3: Um, What did he What did he stay? He was making excuses for injuries. Like the Browns weren't the only. Like like he just basically laid out like four 49er injuries. Which again, those sucked. Like those
1: are their core of their team. I mean, Williams beat him. There's a difference when it happens in the middle of a game. Right? Sure, Versus, sure, I mean, you know, we saw what happened to the Browns when they lost Nick Chubb in that Steelers game. It really yeah. did wreck their offense. It, it, so. it
3: was like you could sense, though, to answer your general question, Mike, you could sense that the 49ers were not going to score. So I thought the fans were doing a great job, like in the middle third quarter going forward. It was deafening. Every time we tried to like – Get the people around it. you got to get into those, and the and the players on the field were feeling it like we need them to be loud every snap. And they started to step up the plate. That interception was awful. That changed the scope Draining. of like the feeling of the entire stadium yeah. where it's like 17-13. How are these guys gonna score? This game essentially feels over. So then they did get a, a, a nice job of getting it to 17-16, which after taking that 14-yard sack. Hopkins stepping up and drilling that 50-yarder on that end of the field was unbelievable, man. So uh, the wind was really whipping because that's down where, where I was sitting. Um, so that was huge. And then you just had to kind of remind yourself, like, okay, you get a stop. You got a chance to kick a field goal to win. And they – so moral story, raucous, loud. I thought they did a great job. Um, there's still a little – like – when they're nervous on fourth downs, the crowd gets loud. And I'm like, it's the opposite of what they need right now. But again, this is just exposure to like good football that doesn't happen over years and years and years. And you don't run into those environments enough, but it was, it was great. Um, it was, it was ear piercingly loud when they missed. I, I don't think anybody could believe that that field goal went wide. Right. So uh, I think a group of like 60,000 people feeling like they had just lost a game they should have won. Which was crazy to begin with to be in that spot to then have that like oh my god it went right moment people were kind of flying across the aisles and so it was really neat you know I don't I don't go to many of those games so uh, to, <laughs> there to aren't a, many to of those games that game. one <laughs> it, it, they really they really are not I can remember growing up there was like one um, Carolina game that who, who was the old Notre Dame quarterback uh, Clawson Jimmy well, Clawson for sure. started for yeah. and the Browns blocked a kick to win it and like I was uh, I've been at some decent ones like the the, the uh, trying to think off the top of my head, Derek Willie's catch Ravens game. They the uh, Greg Joseph kicked it and it clanked off to go in to win that one. That was yeah. a great game to be at, but yeah, that was great. I mean, you could sense early the the script. You guys, I'm sure you felt like, okay, this opening script was pretty easy. The penalties helped it, but it was like, okay, you know, yeah, you keep these yeah. guys under 20 points, and that's seven, and that was easy. That it was uneasy at first, and then you know, you get that big catch from Amari. He breaks it after they did a great job of after the Fred Warner interception, which that was just a bad mystery. You didn't even see him. Um, they got the missed so field good. goal. They stepped up and made a nice play there to get off the field and the missed field goal there. So they battled and you could start to feel the tide shift. And I, to be honest, guys to have that 17 13 moment happen and go back and get two drives enough That's to it. kick two field goals. Like, yep. yes, that yep. stuff is, that stuff's powerful. And mm-hmm. I, it, it would be really cool to see, you know, I know that you and I, Andrew, talked about this. I'm sure you guys have hit on it. It would be really cool to see this moment, this game, you know, galvanize them in a way that we always look back at this one. Right. You know, that's, yes. that's the hope, you know, you don't want to go to Indy next to it. I don't want to get there, but you get, you know, you go to you know, lay a clunk. Like I think that this has a chance um, if everything falls right here to be a game that that can move them in the right direction for where they want to be. If, if they get healthy. So a really cool environment man really really All fun
0: right. to be in that so yeah so boys before i throw it around because i want to go to defense as well but the theme of this episode of of game day rebound we're going to call this uh, there's a thing in like leadership and management called this the sandwich of love where you hmm. say something good and then you bring it down to something bad and then you end it with something good we're going to save the the defense and something good to the end but let's talk about the things that maybe were a little bit concerning to us today i've got a couple of them let's talk about uh, a couple on the offense, uh, for sure. And 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 let's start with. And I saw it in the comments before. I don't remember who said it, but I have this note written down. Hey boys, wh- um, where's Donovan Peoples-Jones? Where where is DPJ? Well, he's got six catches on the season. Yeah. Six catches for seventy some yards, and that's the season. Where is when we're looking for playmakers out there, and they're trying to still be creative, getting Elijah Moore the ball. And you saw Marquise Goodwin make a couple, a play or two today. That was nice. And obviously Amari Cooper is the play guy, but you got this other guy out there, and it feels like he's not even on the field. Where is Donovan Peoples Jones? I,
1: I mean, I would just say that um, I think that that he has been replaced is the is the short answer. Um, you know, I think the Elijah Moore trade, I mean, even like David Bell catching that fourth down, like uh these are these are things that last year he was kind of more of a go to presence. He was their he was their second wide receiving option, right? And so Uh, this year he's definitely behind war. So he's at least three. And then that gets you into that mix where you're kind of just one of a bunch of guys that have to step up at different times. And, and, you know, I mean, I think there's a larger conversation, right? About how hard it is to evaluate Kevin Stefanski's passing offense because of everything that has happened through the first (laughs) five games. But having said that, I think it's clear that because of the, you know, Elijah Moore being a viable second option. He's just not getting the target volume that sustained his statistical success. And so now it's really more about these like individual opportunities, and he's never really had the separation ability to make the most of those individual opportunities. So he's really fading into the background. And you know, if Cedric Tillman didn't miss today's game, I was curious to see coming out of the bye how they divvied up those snaps. So I think that'll be something to watch in the weeks coming. I, I would even push
2: back a little bit on the on the Moore stuff still being drawn up very much for him. Like, every time he gets the ball, it's being drawn up to go to Elijah Moore, it feels like. You know, there's not a lot yeah. that he's running and getting open. It's still very gimmicky and and uh, targeted. Anything outside of, like, you know, where he's dropping back in the pocket, even Watson as well in this offense, anything that they're dropping back in the pocket and throwing the ball is going to Cooper almost like – 80 percent of the time uh i'm just gonna say that they trust him i mean for a reason he went up and gets that amazing you know mosses two guys today on the sidelines awesome. uh you know so they're going to him for a reason but also because clearly i would and i would you know jake would probably know better from looking at some of the all 22 and after you guys look at this game but is, is DPJ getting separation and presenting himself well enough to a guy like PJ Walker where he feels comfortable even throwing the ball his direction? Obviously not, I don't think.
3: Well, I wanted to look at last year, weeks one through five, because this is technically five games. So last year, Amari had 27 for 304. David had 24 for 289. And then Donovan had 16 for 191. If you go flat, if you fast forward that to this year, including... This game, they're like my general point is they're having a secondary receiver production and issue. Period. Mm
1: -hmm. And Donovan's
3: obviously a part of it. Like, like Moore has 21 for 167, eight yards a catch. Uh, Amari has 22 for 367. He's been great, 16.7 yards per catch. Obviously, amazing. But Njoku's a 19 162, Jerome Ford 12 for 84, Donovan six for 75. So, like, I think that while that's definitely fair to pinpoint the issue and put it into donovan's difference year over year here i think that they have a we need to figure out how to get more out of elijah and david issue here now obviously i thought they drew up some really fun scheme uh (laughs) screen stuff today david should have had two really chunky screens Mm. one gets called holding and one with a lineman downfield so i i Uh. again i know you and i andrew have talked about he's running more routes i think it's a matter of just when for david not if but like the Elijah stuff is still corny as hell to me. And it's driving me crazy because I don't understand why you can't just put that guy on the outside and let him just run routes, the vertical route tree stuff that I think he's, he's fine
0: at. So, um, well, and they did guys in fairness, they did later in the game, later in the game, Elijah Moore ran a couple nice routes that, PJ Walker like bounced the ball up into him. Like he was wide open. that There were two times he was wide open on, on a normal wide receiver out or, or yeah. route yeah. and, and PJ Walker just couldn't get him the ball.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, trying to hold my water a little bit on this more, you know, running stuff just because, just because of the quarterback issue. Right. Like I, I yeah, totally sure. get it. it. It is not working, but I understand them, you know, the Goodwin end around worked well. So, you know, you got to give. I think Kevin a little bit of latitude to try and scheme some offense. You know, I think the the problem, as much as it's about giving more of those touches, which I agree that is a problem, and I think it's nice that they have been reduced. It's also about what more does with the ball once he gets it. Like I, yeah. that part of it is as frustrating as the fact that they're yeah. giving it to him. He's not making he, people miss. Yeah, not and he all. doesn't seem to know where to go, yeah. which is really right. like he's not running a course. He's just kind of like. He goes into punt return mode. I guess is the best way to say it, and, and it, that's
3: why I think he's a guy who needs to be catching the football further downfield. The a dot yes. stuff
1: needs to be deeper. Agreed. Yeah, I have to step away. Threat. Two
3: things: have my cord in my buttons of my shirt, so I was yanking <laughs> my head down, and I bought my son a foam finger as a big old Paul, and I heard my dog has just chewed it up. So as we were sitting here, <laughs> devastation. I was mute just myself, devastation, just, just screaming at the dog.
0: So my son's dog, dog, dog is the real least happy. Dog is the weak spot of the week. Weak spot of the week for the Browns. <laughs> going be a yeah, rough morning a, here. You got to think about moving on. Jake, yeah, from, from I, think,
3: uh, <laughs> I think i think i think we're
1: gonna have a rough morning here when i explain that dog no. is involved in it's now time. like those yeah, you yeah, remember the
3: could... gloves where they used to cut the knuckles off yep that's what that's gonna be yeah, yeah. Most,
1: it's still a foam finger the fingers are just shorter yeah
0: it's like, it's a, really rocky it's like yeah. a rocky glove it's like a rocky balboa glove all right not, not all great right. guys all right uh yeah no listen i think i think i think david njoku unfortunately i think he had a great game in this yeah. game man. and and, and 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 his stats should reflect it. And they got called back by some brutal things. Now, the last negative, and then I want to end on just the biggest of positives. Uh, but we uh, – guys, we got to talk about Jed a minute. Jake, you were at the game. Do we, though? But, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah we I'm, I'm going to skip it. <laughs> <We do. laughs> well, I mean, so, hold on.
2: I want to give – before you start killing him for, you know, blatantly walking five yards downfield when – not, know, not just oh ruinate, god, I got a lot. I got a lot. Play. I got a lot. I got a lot. That was that was egregious. But I did see him on the sideline fired up for the first time I've seen him in yeah. a long time. Who was he yelling at? He was he was yelling All at somebody on the defense.
1: Because, yeah, a defensive player. Yeah, he
3: got Wyatt Teller's holding he, penalty there that caused the he was going he crazy. was freaking like, out. Like, yeah. I was like yeah. That's why I had said something on Twitter to Kenan, like they called it on Teller. So I'm trying to figure out why Jed is having a panic attack on the field right now. Yeah, Yeah. it it doesn't change the fact on on some of the outside runs
2: why he was having a panic attack. I'm just glad he was having a panic attack over anything because show that (laughs) give a shit level is great. I want to see that. You know, that's what we want to see. Him yelling at, at, yeah. at anybody is is better than nothing at all, right? I
0: want to see him blocking on an outside run for the first time. Uh, I, that's what I want to see. That's what I, I want to see. I want to see when when a running back is running in his direction, he doesn't have his back to the play, like looking around the stadium, like wow, this is pretty neat in here. Like that's what I want to see. I, Jets. It, there were there were many plays. It, the 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 getting downfield on a big play. There were several blocks. like man, you've got a chance to play yourself into a career. And and there are times where Jed does things where you're like, okay, he's got the physical tools. He's got the capability. And, the, and then, and yeah. then I was like, there's so many plays every game where like, it's just like, what are you doing out here?
1: This is why I said, we don't need to talk about it because I, the inconsistency is not going away. You know, we're, we're in year four. If he was going to change who he was as a player, this, that would have happened by now. And I th- I think the cake is baked. So, the question becomes, yeah. it's it's two things, right? It's can they mitigate it while he's still the starting left tackle? Can they find somebody to come in even as a swing tackle that could maybe push him a little bit and potentially replace him during the season? If they can't do that, I think I think they're in a position where they're going to have to move on in the offseason. I don't see any way yeah. around that. But Wait, Was uh, he that I, I, bad today, though? Well, I can't tell you. I was, Watching it live. I was going to say one tell. more no. thing. I was going to say one more thing. I see Jake's film breakdown. It's on also the 49ers, which is the, you know, the other best front in the NFL with the Browns and the Eagles, right? So, um, you know, you got to, I, I mean, I, he was getting his ass kicked today, but I, i you know, as you just said, I think watching what he did is, is part of it. I think him giving a little bit of a shit is good. And, I, and I'll just say, generally speaking, I, I do kind of think that the, it's a little bit like the Mayfield 21 season. We're five games in. I think the Browns already know they need to do something else there it's and listen you might go through
0: this and jake's gonna break down the film on this game and you don't want to miss that but you you may look through this and go man jed was good on like 90 percent of the snaps jed wasn't so bad on that but there are there are just too many plays yep five six seven plays every single game where you're looking at him going what are you doing my man what is happening out here and he had those plays in this game anyways all right i'm done with the negative stuff now let's Let's end this show. Let's get towards the back half of the show or back part of the show with the the most positive thing, which is the Browns took this 49ers team that came in averaging like damn near 40 points a game. And they absolutely, the, the defense for the Cleveland Browns made life a nightmare for the 49ers. Brock Purdy looked like a seventh round pick in this game. Although he'd made some nice throws. Uh, uh after that first drive, Christian McCaffrey couldn't get going, the offense couldn't get going. Every time the night I I this is the biggest feeling I didn't expect in this game. Every time the Niners had the balls, the ball fella, wow, well, balls fella or ball <laughs> fellas is where I was going. I'm so excited. I can't even talk on this. Every time the 40, ers had hey, the ball, <laughs> yeah, fella. Uh I, I didn't expect them to do anything. Like, I was comfortable with the 49ers having the ball. It was outrageous to watch this game. Brad, t- come on, fella. Tell well, us what you were feeling. Yeah,
2: well, fella, <laughs> well, fella, let me tell you what I was thinking. Uh, no. Uh, what are we talking about? I, I'll, I'll talk about the you know, uh, defense.
1: You know, the, the, I think what was... No, I'm kidding, Brad. Go ahead.
2: No. Uh, so, I, I think that the... um Probably what <laughs> they did you know obviously they created pressure they didn't get home a lot with the pressure but mm-hmm. they really did they they did what we talked about or at least talked about throughout the week is they sped him up right like they were in his lap a lot mm-hmm. with the pressure they sped up his decision making and a lot of what you know and I wrote about this a little bit earlier in the week about what their <laughs> offense does is they focus on that that intermediate middle of the field so much in this offense because it creates so much yak and, and it's a high completion part of the field the Browns took away that middle intermediate so much from him, um, and it really made him have to search and seek out stuff. And he didn't have time to do that against like he has against other teams, where he's had time to look outside the numbers or go down the field. There was no answers there uh, with the Browns' corners, um, and uh, they just really did a good job from front all the way to back throughout the entire game on him. They had them. They had them pretty much uh, after that first drive they had him pretty much hemmed in and uh not going not doing much with what they had and especially you know you guys are talking about the injuries and what Acha said about you know debo and and H-O. uh h o is that his name <laughs> h <Yeah>, o <H-O. laughs> A- you know he the the, 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 <laughs> yeah the Ocho. <laughs> the the fight before the game you know two guys get hurt don't don't start no shit there won't be no shit that's what i have oh. to say. You know? I don't
3: know who I don't know who started that. I don't know where that came from. What happened? Did I miss how that started?
1: Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. the The players in the in the locker room were saying that the 49ers were being uh, disrespectful and talking a lot of trash while the Browns were going through drills. And I think it was Juan Thornhill, maybe one or two other guys, that said basically like, "You you can't just come to our stadium and you know shit talk us before the game even starts." Hmm. Yeah, Andrew, was- I, I, I
0: I think. I think one of the things I noticed, and I want you to just kind of expand upon it that Brad said, and and this is one of my notes that I had coming into this, it wasn't the Browns sacked Brock Purdy three times, uh-huh. so it wasn't that they were just like getting after it and sacking him eight mm-hmm. times, and he just was on his back the whole game, but they did such a good job of making him uncomfortable, especially when they were just rushing four, yeah, and especially when they would throw a a, a blitzer in there, one extra guy, a fifth guy in there. He was so uncomfortable, even when he was in the pocket. He was just kind of floating the ball down the field, float, and and he would hit every once in a while. But you know, I, I think that was such a that's such a great uh, a great thing that they'll look at in the in the film this week, and and as they're breaking things down, is we didn't necessarily bring him down every time we got in there. But man, our pressure was just making him uncomfortable from beginning to end of this game, uh, and they they were outstanding up front. 15, you,
3: 15 pressures uh, in this one, which is a good number, uh, with a little higher than what Purdy is accustomed to facing. Um, and I think the pressure was more impactful because Purdy has actually led the NFL first five weeks in EPA per <laughs> dropback. In just week six, he's a .42 on the year. Just week six, um, he currently is the 22nd rank of uh, the only guys behind him, uh, Mr. Uh, P.J. Walker, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and Tyson Bajent. Bajent. So I'm on, a, I'm on a roll with these names. A negative point 36, negative point thirty six EPA per drawback. So that's, that's um, you know, 49ers people say like, you know, he was due for one of those and they'll, they'll go down that route. That's fine. But yeah. I think that they really put him in a bind um, in terms of pressure and not just like, not, not pressure in terms of, uh, you know, Wide edge. I thought they they muddied the picture inside the tackle box, which forced him when he wanted to escape, or he, he couldn't climb the pocket the way he wanted to, and and obviously they they hemmed him into making some escape lateral decisions, and they were there to pounce on top of him uh, in those situations too. So uh, I think Grant Delpa did a great job covering George Kittle very often, from what I saw where I was sitting. So there's a there's a heap of praise that goes to that, but yeah, you feel you yeah. feel pretty good about what they did. Um, Purdy was. At his best when the Browns brought six, I don't know how many times the Browns brought six, but that was the only time when they brought just a fifth rusher, he was a negative 0.54 EPA. So when they did bring an extra body, he struggled um, he struggled against that. So all of that's really good. only 125 yards allowed uh, is pretty is pretty rare. Like you guys said, three sacks, all of that stuff really good and his time to throw was a 2.67 so again if he's a, if he's a quick get get the football out guy let me just kind of cross check that with where he's been through the year see if they made him hold on to it any longer um so for the year he is a 2.43 so he held on to it 2 beats longer right so that's you know a couple beats longer creates a little more pressure in the face creates a little bit more erratic throwing and Jim Schwartz defense is uh is the ticket here that listen i you 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 probably like for me to to say I think the Browns can win this the historical data of Schwartz against Kyle's stuff here is the reason. like that's the only reason I even felt good about being the uh, the guy to do that. We had to have one person do it and I took the took the mantle. So uh, I thought that I thought that there was a chance that defensively there would be make it a rock fight they did and the offense did really it threw amari cooper i mean a lot of it came through amari cooper i mean when you look at their long drives huge catches from him up the sideline on both of those he took a slant a big slant catch and ran and run on one of them and he had you know for for good or bad it was his attempt to catch that slant that drew the, the Tayshawn gibson helmet to helmet right on that third down that uh, ended up pushing that drive even further so every time they're targeting amari good things seem to happen for the most part I would imagine. I think that was Elijah. Yeah, it was. Was it? Okay, so my my um, general point, though, if you look at what he's at uh, across the league, I think he's doing as well on a per target basis if you include some of the penalties drawn um, as anybody. He did have the one target there where the interception was thrown, but that (laughs) was because of pressure more than anything that landed in his face. But um, anyway, yeah, Yeah. Mari's been really stellar. Yeah, I I want to. Mike, let me just. I want to highlight
1: a comment that Philly made a minute ago. Our our good friend Philly has been. you know, enjoying himself in chat. Let's just say that. And uh, he, he made this very insightful <laughs> comment, uh, which I, I want to highlight because I think this is this is like big picture a really good reminder. Um it it at times it felt like week four, you know, part of it was what was happening on the offense, but overall the defense wasn't at the same level of suffocating and dominant that they were, you know, the other weeks that they've played. So much of that credit does go to Lamar Jackson for making some truly absurd throws, extending plays. The the sort of stuff that, it, you know, he's kind of one of one in his ability to play that way. They they will obviously play Lamar again. They don't play Josh Allen. They don't play Patrick Mahomes. You know, next week they play Gardner Minshew, for example. Like, this defense is going to put teams with lesser quarterbacks in really uncomfortable positions because of the pressure they create and the way that they cover. So it will require for teams to really make this defense look bad. It's going to require those big shots, those big plays – and and some really like high level passing, and so that's what makes you feel good. Is you saw the return to that? We saw that go away week four. Purdy, you're, you're like, is he one of those guys? Can he make those throws? Not enough today to, for the Browns to you know really suffer at all. And uh, they they really hemmed him in. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, uh, boys. I'll I would let, say I'll, real real quick. Uh, I would say that uh, Lamar Jackson also. Doesn't do that on a week to week basis. Sometimes no, you get that Brown. Lamar, and sometimes no, he does, he does don't. do it
0: against the Browns, though. He does it against the yeah. Browns, which is just great. I love when that happens. Uh, hey, we called out some individuals that we think need to maybe be a little bit better earlier. Let's mm-hmm. call out one individual that I really want to give just every bit of credit and and, and love to, and that's uh, a maybe Andrew Berry's best draft pick. Maybe Andrew Berry's best draft pick, Martin Emerson, MJ Emerson, man came into this game as the top corner in the league when, uh, when targeted Uh, he has been the number one player when targeted at not allowing wide receivers to do anything. He gets his first NFL interception in this game. He deflected two passes and outside of the, he was the primary defender on the IU run at the end of the game where Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody on the defense played well (laughs) Uh, outside of that one play. Martin Emerson was, he was really good in this game. That guy is just, sound in every facet of the game. He's a good tackler. He's a good cover man. And he got his interception today. And I want to give him a little bit of love. So I'll let whoever wants to take it, uh, just break down what you saw from MJ Emerson and, and, and how good this kid can be.
1: I thought we were going to go around and say what other players we like. Cause I want to shout out Jeremiah Usu All right, wait um, a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Can All we right. give a little love? Can we spend one second well, giving a little I, love? Mike, to I thought you Emerson? covered it pretty well, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> hey, man, he's, he's physical. <laughs> yeah. He's great. physical. He's long.
2: Yeah. He's terrific. Uh, he got an yeah. interception. Yeah. He, good oh,
0: job, okay. yes, you All, said. Right. All right. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll do Andrew's idea. I'll pivot. <laughs> we'll pivot. I'm going to pivot. Pivot. Andrew you, can, Andrew, you can go last. Jake, cool. Who is your player you want to highlight in this game? Uh,
3: Probably Hopkins. I mean, I don't know. I, I, those kicks wow. are like things we're not oh, accustomed yeah. to seeing, and he made a ton of great kicks. They needed him to make a ton of great kicks. So uh, he gets some, some. Uh, I think, deserved love. I think, I, again, Delpit played Kittle really mm-hmm. well. I mentioned that a minute ago, but I think that deserves I thought Dalvin Tomlinson from, again, watching the Jake's crowd. Gonna, Jake's, Jake's
0: going to take all the players. It Jake's going to take all the yeah, players. There you all go. Right. Yep, <laughs> this go. is a
1: pretty <laughs> simple concept, guys. <laughs> all right yep there you go we all just say one nice thing about one player so let me go through the entire show line you I'd like to...
3: for talking about the cleveland browns oh no we'll do we'll, we'll no, today jake Here no he's he's okay. right
2: though uh tomlinson was unbelievable like oh, so explain good. you go ahead and expound upon that he was so good today i mean that's <laughs> definitely worth bringing up uh yeah so there you go he was amazing he was all over the place well worth the money today all up in all up in uh, pushing in the pocket on mm-hmm. a repetitive basis uh and uh playing the run well i even saw uh did i see a uh don't you dare
0: Elliot another play player. today don't don't do yeah. it uh, don't, not not what? not only did Jordan Elliot play today but he was decent in this game jordan yeah, elliot played i saw him make a play
2: from football. behind today i don't know if i would say decent but he he made a play he was, he was. uh from behind today Listen, their their uh their front is is very good. Uh I will not I will refrain from naming other any other names and exit this uh before uh, I, get I like this comment. As, this well. comment
0: from Twitch Talk twenty two says shout out to Jake Burns for picking the Browns and I think what he means is before the game, but also in the player of the game yeah, segment. Well, that's right. Jake picked the entire Browns. It's
1: all fifty three. Well everybody
0: 55. <laughs>
1: Practice squad evaluation. Right, Andrew, yes. why don't you give us who you like, Jay. Oh, thanks okay. for asking, Mike. I really liked uh, how Jeremiah Usu koromoa played. Um, it's uh, not a name that I've heard mentioned so far on the show tonight, so I thought I'd throw it in there. Um, he's really developing into the linebacker we thought he could be out of Notre Dame, uh, yes. affecting both the pass and the run. He has two or three plays a game now routinely where he's showing up at the ball sort of at the moment that the running back has it or right after and like he shot out of a cannon, and it's it's a joy to watch, frankly, because there are not many linebackers that play the game that way right now. It's you know, so much of the NFL is premised on misdirection, putting those guys in a bind. He has the athletic ability and he's starting to get the mental side of the game down to such a science that he's able to pull that trigger so fast that I think there was a screen pass to McCaffrey where he was tripping him up as he caught the ball. It's just it, it feels like a magic trick when it happens. And he obviously had a sack on Brock Purdy. Um, he had that near interception where he really did a great job of dropping uh, into that throwing lane, I think, in a way that, you know, the quarterback wasn't expecting. So he's started to do the thing that amazing defenders do where they show up in places where they shouldn't be, and it, like, scrambles the brain of the quarterback. Yes. And so it's just – it's super exciting to see him take this leap. Boy, great celebration. Uh, the Browns it's have this great. kid
3: come play the guitar between the third and fourth quarters, and that's unbelievable. Have, have you guys been to a game and seen this? Yeah, he's wild. He's dude. Amazing. It's unbelievable. This kid is shredding like Not shredding. shouting out the
1: entire team. He's gonna shout out the guitar yeah. player. <laughs>
3: yeah, I
0: don't know. Did, Sorry. did up did a couple. Did a Cleveland legend come out, take the guitar out of his hand and Phil, smash Phil it out Dawson. against the wall or yeah, something else? Awesome. Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson oh, I, 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 mean, take, I mean, take it from the kid and smash yeah. his guitar. Yeah. No, no. Was Dawson that weird to see Phil
2: Dawson? Did he, he, Dawson? Like did he have days. enough aggression? Did Phil Dawson have enough aggression to break the guitar? That feels like a took weird him a couple. It took uh, him a couple flex.
3: hacks at it. But the kid's really yeah. impressive, man. Are you calling out Phil Dawson's masculinity? am i yeah, is there really? no, no. oh no he, he didn't it, you know I, I think it's hard to judge how hard you, you have mean, to swing that thing to break it i think yeah, it's my guess Yeah, and, no, no, uh, that's true that he, is he, true. Can't he can't. did the first time i could see him and he was like uh eh,
0: i gotta swing this thing Ang- angus harder. young's way stronger than he looks mm-hmm. yeah.
3: yeah well is that he's is that stronger. the kid anyway that kid
0: it's awesome
1: he's so a good he's guitar great. player at half between the third and fourth quarter yeah
3: yeah, I guess I, it's new. Used to like he like just walks on out on the field or where is he's he He's just this? set up? They got him over there. Apparently, he crushed Thunderstruck against the Ravens. And now, like, this oh, song okay. is, I don't remember what song it was. Uh, I'm not All great right. with rock songs, but he was great. <laughs> he nailed it. He's picking he's picking the strings. What was it? Plucking the strings. I don't know yeah, what, the, what the, the phrasing is. He was going after it. And it, it was, really be got much the crowd better. pumped up. Much better if it was up.
0: ska music. If it was he couldn't have music,
3: been very old didn't. either, someone needs to do some research on this. He was impressive for the age. That's all I'm saying. Just I think him. he's
0: like 12 or 13. He did a thing outside the rock and roll hall of fame last or two weeks ago. Uh, <clears> yeah.
3: Browns are lucky to have him.
0: Super let's cool. put it that way. All right, boys. Let's finish up with this before we get out of here. Let's finish up with so here we are three and two. Unconventionally, three and two at the end of this week six, right? This is not the way. Not the way that anybody thought the Browns were going to get to three and two by beating San Francisco. Uh, You lose that; it kind of makes up for that horrendous loss to the Steelers. Uh, But in any case, I think this is the the place where a lot of us thought if the Browns are going to have the season we want them to have, you you want to be at three and two after that San Francisco game, and that is exactly where they are. So let's talk about. Oh, there we go. That's the name. I don't. I'm going to let Jake say this last name because he's been on a roll with that.
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stay away from that one. Um, <laughs> but he was impressive. He really killed it. So I just want to give him a shout out. I was like, going to go, Max!" And, Max. Shout out,
2: Max. Blown away by that. stack. Like All
0: right. Uh, so let's talk about this. Browns being at three and two after this. Now we've got a part of the schedule where I think a lot of people saw the ability to get some wins. What does mm. this send it around the horn, Brad? Start with you, buddy. Send it around the horn. What did this win do for your outlook on the the next several weeks and the rest of the season?
2: Uh, I don't know what it does for the next couple weeks, but let me say this. Like, so each season is its own entity, right? Like, and each uh, iteration of its team is its own entity. And I think that what we found that we found some things out about this team today that changed my outlook about them right like the way that they showed up against this team and rallied to get a victory that they really that nobody expected them to have uh and make up for that Steelers giveaway kind of makes me look at them differently as the kind of character in makeup within that locker room so I feel differently about this team going forward in that regard in that they uh have really faced nothing but negativity and adversity for the last two weeks during their bye surrounding them outside noise just pounding on them and they came out and responded in a monster way today so I feel really good about this team going forward and uh, would you that's, have felt different let me I'm ask this question.
3: question would you have felt different if that field goal went through at the end yes okay uh, so I, I mean that's it's very yeah pr- process there right I mean I'm it's it's no it's no no different if it goes in or doesn't in terms of like I, what they can control
0: I wouldn't so, have felt all that different. I would have been bummed. I would have been bummed. I'm, I would have I'm been elated, bummed, but
2: their response was the same.
0: Yeah, I would have felt pretty much the same. They came out and played a really, I think, a really solid game, specifically defensively against. I thought they made a lot of that,
3: mental mistakes that made this, it harder than
0: it needed to be. This I'll say is that. a team. They did. Th- they, they, they did. were the. This is the biggest upset victory uh, against the spread in the NFL since 2010. That's not true. Yes, it is. Yes, for it the, is
1: for the Browns, Mike. You misread that. It's for the Browns
0: whatever it was it doesn't <laughs> matter <It's the> <laughs> nevertheless
1: it's the yeah exactly it's the browns biggest upset since 20 uh,
0: i'm going to go find that i'm going to go find it you I will bet you any amount that. of money you want I'm gonna here find it. on the record. i'm going to find it
1: i'm going to find Great. it you guys Do keep it. talking Let's wrap
0: it up. uh
1: the, the reason i would feel different is because the 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 way that you feel good about this is what it means for their confidence and where they're headed right so i understand your point jake that it's process versus result right where they did bounce back the way that they wanted to and you give them credit for that either way, but the win validates that process. And that's unfortunately how the NFL works. If they do all of that, if they work that hard, if they sweat, if they push, if they exert themselves in that manner and they lose, then it's harder. I think to get there next week against Indianapolis. If it's PJ Walker, again, it becomes a, a, a virtuous cycle where you go harder, you you show up with that level of toughness and resilience, and it's rewarded, so you do it again. And I think, that unfortunately, that is the truth of the NFL, is that sometimes the results matter as much as the process of how you get there. So they deserve a ton of credit for putting all the noise aside, bouncing back, and winning this game uh, against really difficult odds. But they also will be galvanized by the fact that that process led to a win
3: yeah i mean i mean i didn't think the process was even that good today it's kind of the general point of my story like they i agree with you i just mean they they left a lot of things out there in a way that they made it harder for themselves and like i think if that doesn't go through uh, i think that we would have been encouraged by the effort that i think you guys have noted very well and that they fought but that they ultimately beat themselves like they they gave I mean, I know they did the first interception to Warner didn't result in points because they did a good job of bucking up and, and making a play and the kick was missed, but they handed them seven points. They get the first drive, there was like 40 yards and penalties. So yes. like that's the stuff where yeah, they overcame it and that's great. And the outcome has everybody elated. I'm pumped too, but there's still some process stuff here that like has to be cleaned up going forward like i i'm watching from the stand, i'm still seeing them struggle with like twist stunts like it's driving me nuts like this is traditional stuff so listen we're pumped they won the outcome is rock on those again is exactly what they needed and andrew you're right it does make you practice a little harder it makes showing up a little bit more fun i heard after the game they're talking about like they're you know they're bringing them back on wednesday so it sounds like they're giving them a little bit of a break here but uh you know 12 penalties i mean they they made it harder than it needed to be here so you know if they clean up I mean, keep working on the process. That's the point. And then hopefully you can continue to see the results work out in that way. So I, I wasn't here to poopoo on anyone's for thought for that. I just was curious if, yeah. you know, if that changes the scope, because again, I'm sitting there thinking like, this wasn't very clean, No, <laughs> you know, if that no. PJ Walker boy throws across his body gets picked off in the end zone, which is very plausible. We're all having a different conversation yeah, here. So it's down, like, absolutely. like they got to clean. There's still so much to clean up and there's still so much talent they have too, that it's like, there's a big yin and yang going on right here where you can see how this team is a 10 11 win team if the quarterback gets healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but you got they got it, they, they've got to get some stuff. You know, I, I think you guys yeah. agree with me and I'll shut up, but like they, they shoot themselves in the foot on offense at an enraging manner. Like it is so they get the oh, perfect scheme, right time. Ah, someone's downfield, right? Like it's just this this back and forth that is really frustrating them. If they all get on the same page, it could be really good, guys. That's all I'll say.
0: Well, listen, based on what you're saying, just unforced errors, 10 points come off the board for the Browns when that Njoku uh, touchdown gets called back and you miss uh, a a, a field goal. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but then you also just easily set San Francisco up with seven points on that bad interception that set San Francisco up at like the five-yard line, right? So that's 17 points in this game where the the Cleveland Browns could have – made this look a little bit further apart than what it actually was brad i'll let you have the last word on just how you're feeling going into the rest of the season and then we'll uh we'll wrap things up
2: i thought i already did that oh oh oh, did um yeah Uh, i feel really good going forward once again um you know to your eyes point yeah absolutely can clean it up but the fact that they have to clean all that stuff up and they beat the best team in the nfl in the process of doing that is certainly yes. it's a promising uh, thing to feel good about today. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot they can improve on, but it's still a monster win to get three and two and uh, be right there in the division moving forward. So I am very happy with um, not n- not so much the because uh, you're right, it's infuriating to watch the them shoot themselves in the foot and throw that interception and stuff, but um, more so the. Uh, Getting up for the challenge of playing the 49ers yeah. at home. That, what's going to define it
3: to, to, to your point, Brad, which is well said, what's going to define the season is they're not clicking on one side of the football and they're playing pretty well. They're they're in a, in a way in which they could very easily be four and one. Mm-hmm. What will define this season for the Browns is if they can find a way to get the offense to click because the defense feels like it's going to be at a baseline level, pretty competent every single game out the offense gets there that's the defining feature of whether they end up eight wins or 11 wins because that range is going to depend on whether they find some efficiency offensively because as you guys saw today and as you've seen throughout every game probably outside of Tennessee that they are um, habitually shooting themselves in the foot and they have to get out of their own way and um, hopefully that clicks. There's not there's no guarantee it does. It's not like, well, just over time, it'll get better. It's not how it works. It doesn't always work that way. They don't always click. So you hope that they find that. Because if they do, they can be they can be a really competitive team. I'm not I don't know if they're a, a Super Bowl t- caliber team, but they're they can be a very competitive and plucky team, and you get in the playoffs and anything
1: can happen. It's a Super Bowl caliber yeah. defense. Yeah, So we agree if about they that. can yeah. develop a you know average level offense, then they can absolutely go to the Super Bowl. Well, I would imagine if let's they end up.
2: I would imagine if they end up a 10 double digit win team, you probably look back at this game as a pretty big point in this that's season.
1: It.
0: Agreed. I think that's, that's well exactly said. right. That's exactly right. And the Cleveland Browns end the undefeated st- streak, the the longest streak in 49ers history, 16 straight games undefeated uh until they walk into Cleveland today and they walk out a loser. 19-17 the Cleveland Browns get the victory. Doesn't matter how it happened. Doesn't matter what happened in the end. All that matters is the one goes into the win column for the Cleveland Browns. They are three and two now as they head to Indianapolis next week. So, boys, let's get out of here. There's a couple things I want to do before we say goodbye to everybody. First, I want to say thank you, everybody that gave gifted subs. I want to call them out by name really quick because there was just a a a whole train of gifted avalanche subs that happened, a total avalanche of gifted subs. So, Warpath, uh, EGH. 10 gifted subs, Matt Darcy, 10 gifted subs, Paul Spencer with five gifted subs, Pat Shea, 10 gifted subs, and our buddy Philly, 15 gifted subs. One of the bigger those nights on the gifted subs that we're going to get all season guys, long.
2: Those guys are all legends, by the way. That's Everybody's right. Oh, 100%. a hundred percent. bunch of
1: champions. Big, big, 100%. big fan of those hundred percent. Hey, we've got...
0: We got a very fun week that you don't want to miss coming up uh, on the OBR streaming network tomorrow. Join Jake for chalk talk 7. PM as he goes over this game against San Francisco and really dives into the, the ins and outs of how the Browns were able to get a win Tuesday night. It's me all night. I will be joined uh, by a special guest to talk Indianapolis Colts as we get ready for the Colts game. And then on garage beers, that's at seven o'clock on Tuesday, Nine o'clock on Tuesday, it's Garage Beers. I've got a great conversation I had with the one and only Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Cleveland Guardians. We're going to talk a little Cleveland Guardians, and we'll talk Browns, and we'll talk everything else. So join us for Garage Beers Tuesday at 9. Barry and Fred are going on OBR Weekly Wednesday at 7 p.m., and Brad Ward has got all eyes on Cleveland, uh, our great show on Thursday at 7 p.m. as we lead in to the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts next Sunday. So make sure you are tuned in to the OBR streaming network all week and make sure you are subscribed to the OBR. Go to the OBR.com, subscribe. You get all the best stuff, not just the streaming network here, but you get everything everything that these guys write, everything everybody else writes, talking about the ins and outs of the Cleveland Browns. Nobody covers the Cleveland Browns like the OBR. Brad Ward, like a great kid in class, raises his hand. For a final point, Brad?
2: Oh, a question for Jake. Go on. How cold was it up there? What you have to wear? Not, not as bad. Couple I jackets. thought Andrew
3: nailed it. I thought the six rating out of ten, five and a half, six. It was like low 50s, chilly. I wore coat, jeans. That was the perfect spot. Now, I will say Cody's tickets are right up next to the, uh, the suites. So it's uh, the overhang. None of the rain touched us. They were as good as it gets. So shout out to Cody for bringing Jake along. So uh, but it was it was. It was the perfect October weather, in my opinion. Not too cold, not too warm, a little rainy, a little gusty. Impacted the game, but didn't uh, impact it so much that it, it hindered one team from winning, in my opinion. So, fun stuff.
2: Let me, last point. I thought of something when you were saying that. <laughs> okay. There was one play in this game that would have changed the outcome, I think, altogether that we got a good call on. Uh, the fumble, interception. I thought that was a fumble. Sure. They call that an incomplete pass. Uh, if that goes the other way, that game may go the other way quickly. Just throwing it out there.
3: They, yeah, there was me. a lot of those coin flippy things that I, – I mean, I think the 49ers got a few too. But, yeah, that was a big one. That, that was a big yeah. one for sure. Good point.
0: Yep. yep. Great point. All right. That's going to do it for us. Again, the Cleveland Browns uh, move on to three and two on the season with a win over the San Francisco 49ers, a signature win, I think, for Kevin Stefanski and this Cleveland Browns organization – Uh, and so we're going to get out here again, join us all week long on the OBR streaming network. Jake, the last thing I was going to say, we were talking about whether you came back with a signature and I don't know whether it's just the lighting there or not, but I think sometimes people get confused when people look like they went to a Browns game in October, November, December, Mm. and they come back looking sunburnt. No, that is windburn. My friend, Jake's got a little windburn
3: down here
2: you know
3: i can also be celebratory fireworks after win go. let's go you know we got a lot of things on this new mac update going yeah. on you know yeah. and andrew and i were talking <laughs> one day earlier this week and i was just doing thumbs up mm-hmm. out of nowhere so
0: exciting mm-hmm. times go.
3: upgrades galore for the mm-hmm. show yeah. got the win we have a little graphics little department now yeah
0: we're working through some. i things. love it all right that's gonna do it for us for jake for andrew for brad i am michael keep this has been game day rewind the cleveland browns Take down the San Francisco 49ers, nineteen seventeen. We will be back at it again next Sunday, 7.30 p.m. on the Game Day Rewind. Until then, hopefully this thing got your entire week set off for you. Hopefully you enjoy your week. Hopefully you have a great week, and we will see you again for Game Day Rewind next week. Until then, cheers, everybody. Go Browns. Woof,
3: woof.